Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Based on a nonfiction novel, Recon is set in the mountains of Italy at the close of World War II, adapted from the critically acclaimed New York Times bestseller by famed author Richard Bosch. And based on true events, Recon tells the story of four American soldiers who, after they witness a vicious murder of an innocent civilian at the hands of their platoon sergeant, are sent on a reconnaissance suicide mission led by a local partisan, an elderly man who's indeterminate loyalties add to their terror and confusion, a confusion that engulfs the Americans as they are hunted by an unseen enemy. Recon centers around these four young men in the midst of war. The action occurs over the course of one long day as these soldiers discuss and debate their own fates as well as the nature of life itself. The film, again, is called Recon. Uh, it will be available starting uh, today as we speak on, um, on on November 10th, as well as moving forward. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. And I'd like to introduce to our audience the screenwriter as well as the director of Recon, and that would be Robert Port. Robert, welcome to Film School Radio. Yeah, great to be here. Terrific. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Um, I... I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film and I watched Thank it. A, I've now watched it a couple of times and I have to, I really appreciate the way that you lay out the story. It's a, it's a very subtle way in which you go about it. We use, we use different uh, kind of uh, cinematic devices in order to tell the story, the initial sort of the, the catalyst for what happens over the course of this right. long day. And you look at it from very different perspectives, which then leads us to a whole lot of other uh, interesting um, perspectives as the day moves forward. But before we get into all of that, that stuff, <laughs> um, how did you get so involved and interested in turning this into recon into a narrative uh, film? I've always been fascinated with the world war two films. I grew up watching the great, the greats, David Lean, Bridge Over the River Kwai, Great Escape, Eagles Dare, Bridge Too Far, and of course, later on, the, the wonderful Steven Spielberg's epic Saving Private Ryan, and even Schindler's List. And, and, and all of this had a tremendous impact on me because as a grandson of a member of the greatest generation, um, my grandfather escaped Vienna, we're, we're Jewish, and uh, when Hitler invaded, he escaped when he was 16 and later moved to America and end up going back and serving under patent, liberating a concentration camp. And so I had these indelible stories from my grandfather who granted as many of those brave men and women did, never spoke of the, of the killing, but spoke of the morality, what the war was really about, what they were fighting for. Um, and so I always wanted to do a tribute to my favorite genre of film and the lessons he had taught me. Um, and when I read a blurb of this book, I of course knew of Richard Bausch, who's an incredible author, and a wonderful human being. I read about in the Sunday Times about 11 years ago, the New York Times, a contact mage. And just from the blurb, just the description of which you read, I was just a portion of what you read. I knew I had to have this book. It was a tale of morality and World War II. And I really felt it spoke to me. I know that sounds cliched, but it, it really did speak to me. Um, and so um, I was fortunate to get it and then sort of try and make my homage to those great films that I 
had such an influence on me when I was younger. How much time did you spend with Richard Bosch talking to him? No, it's a good, it's a great question. Typically, a lot of my screenwriter friends don't have relationships with um, the authors that they adapt the books to. And so Rich, Richard and I had a unique relationship. We became fast and furious friends. Uh, he's like family now. I speak to him all the time. Uh, it turns out he lives right near me. So we had lunch, got along so well that his input all the way uh, through production was invaluable. I, I don't know if I could quantify the time. I would say he was always there for me when I had a question, when I wanted to bounce something off him, when I needed help understanding something. Uh, Richard, who's not just a phenomenal writer, he's a great professor and teacher um, and just a kind, kind person. He uh, was always there, came to set, hung out with me, his lovely wife, Lisa, um, you know, just just terrific. So the answer is uh, too much more time than he was possibly contracted to have to give me. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was a huge, he was a huge part. But again, this is an event. If you And, and by the way, if your listeners want to read the book, Peace is the book. It's phenomenal. Um, and he essentially wrote that book in four months, which is unheard of for a, a piece of fiction, uh, especially from someone of his level. But uh, it was a story his dad had told him one. In addition to the help he gave you in terms of, I assume that there were components to the the, to what you got well, from your, your relationship from not only the setting, getting the sort of the facts on the ground correct as he saw them, but in terms of sort of the tone, in, ter in terms of the sort of morality, the, the essence, mm -hmm. the soul of the film. Correct. Uh, how would you describe his contributions in, in that regard? Well, I would say his contribution to that is read the, if you read the book, it's in there. Um, okay. It matched up perfectly with what I wanted to do. Yeah. So the movies, the movies that I love, um, you, you know, because this is a, I am correct, this is a film school program. Is that true? Yeah, yes, it is. Film school. Okay, program. so good. We can talk films. I love it. Finally. <laughs> so the films that I loved, I mean, and I still love. I mean, last night I was midnight. I couldn't sleep, and I and I and I threw up. HUD, the great Paul Newman movie. I love characters, which pretty much explains why every one of my top ten favorite movies has Paul Newman in it. Um, that are conflicted, right? I don't like I don't like the easy choices. Um, it, listen, Star Wars is an amazing franchise. I'm thinking of my son, my 16 year old son, Jordan's favorite film franchise. But every time I watch those, and by the way, we should both have a, a monochrome of the success of those films. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's very, very black and white. Literally, Darth Vader's in black, and you know, <laughs> and and the and the and Luke's in white, right? So it's very simple. I love the complexity of basically every character Paul Newman played from 1960 to 1985. And I say that because growing up, again, my, my loved those movies. I mentioned the World War II genre, but, I, but I, movies like HUD and movies like Cool Hand Luke, right? Um, so those, those great conf morally conflicted characters who are forced to, to, to go against sort of their, their selfish ways or go against their own um moral code or ambiguity to do something greater i love all that and that's in the character of martin so right there in the book it was there and then i was able to run with that because the central character martin without giving anything away uh, sees an event um, that is very very morally complex and he has to decide what he's going to do as a uh, sort of an ordinary individual how far he's going to go out of his comfort zone um and and jeopardize who he is in order to do uh what the, what the right thing is and by the way the right thing uh, as as we all know, because I, I think everyone at this point, unfortunately, because we've been in so many conflicts, knows somebody 
or has a family member who's 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 fought bravely fought and served in the military um it's not it's not there's no simple <laughs> decisions right you know we sit here at home and someone throws up something on a on a on a on a social media post about how you know some some military individual or police officer did something but you know unless we walk in those guys shoes it's right. it's 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 impossible to make those judgments so i know it's a long answer and i apologize to ramble but really there is a direct line between between uh those 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 characters that again i'll go back to i'll go back to hud and cool hand luke right these 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 complex um anti-heroes who are then forced to change and have real development and, and so if you look at the next character joiner uh, excuse me if you looked at it, it yeah if you i'm sorry from marson to joiner then joiner is the opposite and the character joiner in the film is is again without giving anything away he's tough he's from the midwest he's got a lot of um what might be viewed as uh even if they're not right they were typical sort of stereotypical views of 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 outsiders jews african-americans asians anyone that was different from a character like him um and then again his his transformation without giving away is is quite interesting yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. and so all of that for the for the film buffs uh without trying to sound too pretentious maybe i've, I've passed that already that's <laughs> what i was that's that's what i was able to take from richard's blueprint so he had the blueprint of these characters and i could just run with it so i didn't have to do any of the heavy lifting he had given me these incredible um uh, again i just i keep using the word blueprint this incredible blueprint of characters that yeah. i was able to to then say ah, i love it now i can finally do my it's a 70s film and i mean that as a compliment to every individual involved in it the best compliment um, my buddy sheldon turner I mean, you know he he's a great writer academy nominated writer for up in the air and one of the x-men movie tremendous writer we always when we see a film that we love we go ah it's a movie they would have made in the 70s you know and to me that's the ultimate that's the ultimate compliment I could give to the folks that were involved in this, you know, the actors, the, you know, Richard, this, everyone involved in it. It's, it's, it's that type of, you know, no, no, no one's, no, someone's not dying every eight seconds. There's not, you know, 57,000 special effects. It's just a good old fashioned morality tale wrapped up in a war movie. Right. And, and I'm just in, in uh, service to the film geeking that's going on here. Yeah. I, I, uh, of, of the Paul Newman performances, Ah, one of the great me. things about him is I think that he got better as he as he got older. And yes. my my favorite performance of his is ver is the verdict. I, I think he's amazing in that performance, by the way. It's a it, it's and I'll tell you again, if, I, I love it. I love talking films. So you tell me when to shut up. My buddy Sheldon Turner and I we speak every night about whatever projects we have. And our one of our default movies, and I will tell you, it's so funny that you say that we have a list of 10 movies. And one of the default movies when either of us gets stuck writing or we get stuck with structure is the verdict to us um there i'm not saying it's there's none others but to us it is in that top top tier of perfect of perfect movies there there are several others just for us we we don't know everything but i compliment you on your choice because everything about the verdict uh is amazing and by the way you know maybe netflix makes that movie today but what studio is going to let you make a movie like yeah. that today uh well, that, it's that, it's unheard of that's another thing about the 70s people made those kind of projects that were kind of more of an adult fair big pictures big budgets big stars uh and because they did well at the box office and for whatever reason those films just don't tend to make enough money now to be made but uh but newman 
and Sidney Lumet and all of the supporting cast is just, it's just an amazing film. Every time I watch it, I'm just blown away by how well, raw and he is in that film. How, how No, can- it's, it's incredible. And I think it's, it's interesting. I remember, you know, I went to George Washington university, which at the time, um, was uh was not the school that it is today let's say that i mean i know today is a very hard school to get into it was, it was more of a party school and they didn't have a tremendous film program but i they did have a great american literature program night and that is what i studied so there weren't many film classes but there were a couple of theory classes and one of them you know i i gave a whatever i wrote a paper on on the on the verdict and um and about about newman and i think to your point what was um sort of the perfect intersection of, of you know the med and the film and everything of that time that you're not going to get today is uh, they do not dumb it down for the audience. It's okay for you to walk out of that out of that uh, movie theater right. and go, wow, that is a that is a dark character because we're not giving anything away. The movie's been out for four years, so um, <laughs> you know he he is he <laughs> he's he's won, but he's lost everything <laughs> at the end of that movie. Yes, he's won the court case. Um, you know, and we can really get geeky here and, and dive into the great literature. That's the that's the great F. Scott Fitzgerald, who who I you know I studied in college extensively. So I loved about so I loved about his writing is uh, you know at the end of these at the end of his books, the individuals have lost everything, but they know who they are. You know, and that's that's sort of what Newman is, and 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 I love that, and I love that you're saying that, but but. Thank God for HBO and Netflix and 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 the other streamers now because they're going to have to make those movies for those streaming services. I have a, I have a, a my best friend Brett White who runs TNT, great guy. We were having this conversation the other day, and saying that the the films like you and I are talking about that we love, call it the twenty twenty five million dollar films. Yeah. Um, they're all going to have to be made for the streamers now because they need that content, and that's why I think you're going to see. By the way, I'm not exactly being Nostradamus here. I think that's where you're going to see, continue to see the Netflixes and, and the HBOs nominated for Oscars because they're they're going to be the ones making those films. Um, thank God for their for their for their audiences. I mean, I guess I'd have to say, as long as I'm and, and man, I love you. When this when this virus is over, I guess I'm going to have to come have lunch with you now, uh, if you'll let me. Let's <laughs> Cool Hand Luke is. Oh God, I think Cool Hand Luke's always been been my number my number one. Um, you know, for your audience, if, if you haven't seen it, go go watch that film, man. And and just the, the ending of that film is just so, so beautiful. Uh, so, yeah. Well, well, let's talk about this other film that I... <laughs> it's, well, it's <laughs> I'll called, talk about Paul Newman all day, man. We don't have to talk about it, It's that, called... <laughs> <laughs> this other film is called Recon, which is pretty darn good. Yes. And, and, uh, and uh, so... <laughs> And again, uh, you know, one of the things that, as I mentioned, uh, you know, you set up at the beginning is it's this kind of chess game you're playing with the film right. and, the, and these characters. At the beginning of the film, we see something that is obviously morally reprehensible. But then as the film progresses and the vagaries of war begin to become more dire for these four soldiers who are, or there's more than that on the patro- the initial patrol, but as they kind of narrow down into that core of, of the characters, um, all of these perceptions begin to shift and, and their loyalties are questioned and things are happening. So I, I really, I just truly appreciate just how thoughtful this film is and how it doesn't take very, 
if any, easy way out in terms of, of these characters. Uh, no, so- I, I appreciate you saying that. I feel like if I was going to do it, um, and again, you know, Richard's, so much of that's baked into Richard's book, I didn't want to... Um, I, I didn't want to make it easy. <laughs> Thank you for picking that. I just didn't, it, this was not easy. And anyone I spoke to has fought in any conflict, uniformly said the same thing to me. You know, there are no easy decisions. You turn you into blind alleys or around corners or making judgment calls on who you're going to save and what life you're going to take. And so I didn't want to make it easy for anyone. So I appreciate you uh, saying that. Yeah. Well, that, uh, yeah. And again, they're on this patrol. Let's sort of give, I'll, I'll give my version of, they're sent on a patrol to do a reconnaissance mission to figure out where the Germans are. And uh, they, and they have to go up a mountain again, kind of a metaphorical way, a yes. turn of the story. They're going up a yes. mountain in order to figure this thing out. And they have been hooked up with this Ital- older elderly Italian man who may or may not have their best interest at heart and he is this kind of like oh we like to to refer to people who are characters in films like this as the free radical in terms of we don't know exactly what his agenda is where he might be leading them what he knows and and then along the way they start encountering the 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 wages of war right things happen people are shooting at them things are happening exactly so all of these things begin to kind of put this pressure, this external pressure down on these men as they mm-hmm. move forward. Um, and is that, am I, is that a good explanation? That's a perfect, yep, that's a perfect explanation. I mean, I think it's, there's a catalyst in the first 20 seconds that, that sets those dominoes toppling. And um, in this journey now, you're absolutely correct. Uh, the, the mountain metaphor is right. It's all in one day, one day. clock, and there's forces uh, that are, that are working against them as there are in any conflict and, and, and every turn in the woods, um, you know, every, every person, individual or situation they run into is friend or foe. And I think it's, let's talk about since film fans here, the actor who plays Angelo is Franco Nero, who is amazing. It's been in over 300 films. He's, he came to fame in the original Camelot. We met his wife and as a red gray and he's worked. Olivier to Robert Pattinson. He's Franco was amazing. I love him. He was the original Django. Again, go get it on Blu-ray, folks. If you haven't seen the original Django, the real Django, um, he, he they have it. They did a great Blu-ray remaster edition a couple of years ago. You can get your hands on. And Franco plays that character. And um, in the book, uh, he Richard really wrote that character um, as. And again, this I change him, so this isn't giving anything away. Richard really made him the devil, not in the in the sense that he's pure evil, the devil in the sense that he'll make a deal with anybody to survive. Um, and so I drew off that inspiration. People who are caught, and this my grandfather did tell me about folks that they'd run into. Um, in this case, he's an Italian, an older Italian gentleman, just trying to survive in the war. You know, yeah. doing what any of us would do to save their family, protect yeah. their family, put food on the table. And so, you know, once I cast Franco and he agreed to do it. Um, I, I, I changed the character a bit because, um, you know, Franco Nero is so amazing. I wanted to write it more to, to suit his strengths and his subtleties that another actor would not have been able to deliver. I, let, let, let me put it this way. A different actor, I would have had to make it more, more overt. But because I had Franco and this guy does more in a glance than most actors do in five lines of dialogue, uh, I was able to, I was able to, to, to peel back and, and make it more subtle. And Franco just kills it. Yeah, and in his character, uh, and you're absolutely right. People do what they need to do to survive. 
in war. I can't, it's, it's unfathomable to me to be in those circumstances, but it's certainly easy to understand why people would do anything they had to do in order to survive. So, but, you know, as, as this mission moves forward and these scenes go back and forth between the, the, the dialogue between the characters, this uh, platoon, I don't know if that's the right phrase. It's, a, it's really a squad. In a squad. And all these things are happening. And then in the course of uh, recon, you, you occasionally cut over to Franco's character, Franco, Frank, Franco Nero's. So it's this kind of, he's watching. He's watching, right. he's staying out of the way, he's trying to survive. But it, but when these kind of moments, the crucible of these moments happen, then you cut to him and he's right. just he's just there. Right. The observer. <laughs> An observer and uh and and he has been he they believe, they hope that he is taking them somewhere that is of value so they can turn around and go back and get back to the to the rest of their their uh company. Right. So it it's a it's a it's a nice cinematic device. In addition to the fact that, as you said, Franco Nero is an amazing actor, an amazing presence in a film, and uh, you even have him bundled up, but he still you still manage to, to to feel that that presence in 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 the film. So. Yes, he he said to me when I spoke to him the first time, Roberto. I he, he I speak to him every day now. I love him. It's the best thing that's come out of this film is my friendship with him. He called, he said to me, Roberto, I love your script. I will come do your film. <laughs> One thing, I hated the cold. You must exactly how he talks. You must keep me warm. Promise me that, Roberto. I will come. I said, okay. So when he showed up in the costume, originally had this thin hat. No. I can. I will die out there, Roberto. So I gave him a nice big warm hat and <laughs> bundled him up. Oh, I figured I don't want to be the guy to kill Franco Nero in the middle of a film shoot. So no, I... spoken like a true man of the Mediterranean, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and he's the greatest, 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 greatest guy. Oh God, he's just terrific. Well, I want to. Before we go any further, I want to remind our listener that we're talking with the screenwriter and the director of the narrative film that is coming out today here on uh, November yeah. 10th. And uh, would you mind describing how people can can go see yes. Recon? Yes. Very challenging in these COVID times to see uh, you know, original films in theaters, but through uh, FathomEvents.com, which is a phenomenal company. Uh, so you can go to Fathom Events dot com slash recon or just go to fathomevents.com you'll see the film there they will link you and you can buy tickets we're in over 350 theaters today uh tonight um and then tomorrow uh, for some reason it's not a theater in your area it's video on demand it's all the regular uh suspects itunes google play I, I, i'll be honest no I had it's, there's so many I didn't even know some of these existed. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. So no, like no, it is this it's wonderful. There's so many platforms now for folks. Uh you, you know, you don't have an Apple TV or whatever. You there's there's, a, there's probably 30 of these that's available to rent or buy tomorrow. Um yeah. the ones that pop out to me of course are the Google Play, iTunes, um and and those uh, I think in Microsoft Store, I think Sony PlayStation, so like my 16-year-old Jordan who lives on his Sony PlayStation, he can take a break from playing Destiny. That's awesome. And rent his dad's movie. <laughs> rent his dad's. Dad, this film has your name on it, Dad. What happened here? <laughs> exactly. What what's going on? Maybe Destiny will will take a will take a break and he can watch his pop's film. So 
Well, can, well, yeah, there again, uh, I uh, the acting, let's talk about the acting. Uh, you know, Alexander Ludwig is amazing. Just Incredible. run through the cast for us because, yeah, sure. So you have Alexander Ludwig, who yeah, just kills it as Morrison, pardon the pun. He is, of course, the star of Vikings. He just was in Bad Boys. You all know him, even uh, for some reason. You're one of the few people who can't picture his face right now. He's a handsome bastard, athletic guy. <laughs> and he, uh, boy, did he go into an amazingly dark, dark place for this film. Um, and to the point that he was, uh, well, look, I, this isn't giving anything away. This soldier is dealing with, with PTSD. Yeah. And uh, he gave such a beautiful performance that there were there were many times I sort of had a walk with him privately um and, and kind of try and walk him back because he was so into it um and he was having a hard time to his credit controlling his emotions sometimes and I it was really just so inspiring for everyone in the cast and crew to see you know number one on the call sheet is is there, there and then we go. have Sam Keeley who's Irish and just plays a character joiner and he's just so intense and so wonderful and uh he's gosh you know he, he's gonna be such a huge huge star he's so gifted um and then uh well, I, I said franco nero right chris brochu who plays the character of ash yeah right. uh, chris was uh, vampire diaries um and and i'll tell you it's interesting is chris plays for me was a character that was the trickiest to write because i think a lot of these world war ii films have this sort of stock Jewish character and and you know Neil Simon's the, the best and his you know his various World War II plays and movies are, are so phenomenal and I grew up watching those I can't I can't be better than Neil Simon <laughs> you know I need to do a different version of that character and and I had to be so careful in my own mind that it was very tricky to to try and do that character that felt like it was um it had some originality to it um, and Chris just slays it. Um, he, it's amazing on first blush, so many people who, who see it, of course, they walk out equally impressed with the cast, but a lot of people go, you know, Chris, they just sort of, how the hell did he, <laughs> so many monologues, how did that guy memorize all those lines? Like he just is, is, is a, is a force in that the counterbalance, all the internal intensity of Alex. Um, you know, Tyler Hines who plays, uh, Sergeant Reese is like, the king of Hallmark. He's this handsome devil that, that everyone's in love with. He does these these incredibly beautiful Hallmark movies, and then he, you know he turns around and, and plays a real sob in our film, and a gentleman. You know, it's funny. This every one of these guys uh, is. We do have one female. We don't, you know, just so your audience is wondering. Um, we're all friends. I mean, it's a cliche, but we all keep in touch. We love each other. R.J. Featherstone is relatively new to the game. He plays Heisman. Yeah. Uh, he came out of Canada and same thing had sort of an exuberance and a youth to it and a freshness that we love. Yeah. And then we have Christy Burke, who's our lone female, but boy, is she important. Yes. And uh, she's, she's terrific. She's uh, you can see her in, uh, I just saw her in Netflix, uh, haunting of Bly Manor. She's in that new series, which I know is doing tremendous for him. Um, and, and it was interesting with Christy. Christy is a small, but the most significant part because she is the catalyst for the whole film. And, yeah. um, saw a lot of actresses and uh luckily lucky we found christy because she she uh in the audition <laughs> she did it and i was like thinking in my head this is her and then she broke down at the end of the audition and she apologized to me i don't know she shouldn't have apologized because it was a beautiful performance and then she started telling me a story about her grandmother in italy during world war ii and it, and i just loved it because every single 
felt like every person who's in this film had a had a a story that this that, that spoke to him, and I think that's why the the actors and actresses are just yeah. so good and so authentic. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. the The cast is terrific, and it it is all about the acting. This is a film where yep. there is I can't think of anything that you would even call a special effect in the, the film i i don't yeah. know i'm nothing comes to mind so it's yeah. all about these no. guys you know walking and talking and also you know burst of action burst of things that are significant but yeah even um, the wolf is real that's a real wolf that's is that a, a real wolf okay that is a one that is not a stock shot that is a real honest to god wolf that we uh that we uh again this isn't giving anything away they do run into a wolf uh, and, uh, no, that is a real wolf. We shot up in Canada and this is fine. We're in the middle. I mean, we're in Enderby, which is in Kelowna, which is about five hours drive outside of Vancouver. And we're in the middle of nowhere, essentially. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's like God's country. It's just beautiful. And, uh, and I keep, <laughs> I've written this wolf. It's an important reason I want a wolf. It's a symbolic thing. And they're saying to me, uh, and we're in the car scouting and our wonderful producer, Rick Doug Gilson, Hey man, this wolf's going to cost a lot of money. So what's the wolf going to cost a lot of money? He goes, well, we got to bring the wolf in to, in, from Vancouver. And as we're saying this, there's a wolf running alongside us in the woods. And I'm going, there are, there are wolves everywhere. Man. I mean, let's use that guy right, right there. Let's make that wolf a star. Oh, wow. <laughs> he goes, buddy, it doesn't work that way. We can't, can't just capture a wild wolf and put him on set. So uh, the wolf was, was the wolf. I think he made more than everybody, but Franco Nero, that wolf, he was very expensive. <laughs> I was going to say, did you, did you pay him scale or was he, or, or, no. or, <laughs> no, we didn't. He got double because he had oh to, um, I swear he had to be driven in from Vancouver and then they had to stay overnight. So the wolf got a uh, double. So oh my <laughs> that was, God. we have a, we always, Rick and I always have a big laugh when we see that close up of the wolf man, because when I was at, we were editing the film, I said, what we paid for that wolf, he is going in the filming close up. <laughs> I don't care what we have to do. That wolf's going to be. I, so that wolf is was thinking, getting his close up for what I paid for that wolf. <laughs> Wow. Well, I want to congratulate you for Thank this you, film. I, I, it's really, uh, it is a throwback film in the ways that you were talking about earlier. It is a film. It's a, it's a focus on character, focus on characters as well, and situations and moral dilemmas and the things that uh, unfortunately oftentimes bring out the best and worst in people in, in war, uh, in, in those situations. And so, and we see it well all. Said. Yeah. So well said. Yeah. Thank you for your time and, and your thoughtful questions. I really enjoy talking to you. So I hope we, uh, hope we get to meet in person one day. I do too. I certainly do. Uh, the film again is called Recon and we've been talking with the screenwriter as well as the director. And that would be Robert David Port. Robert, thanks. Thanks again. Thank you so much, sir. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 